Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. So in the theme of Valentine's Day today, I want to talk a little bit more about self-love and its relationship with money. I'm going to go off on what seems like a little tangent for a couple of minutes, but I promise you it'll all come back and it'll all make sense. So the other day I interviewed Jessica Elefante, the author of a book called Raising Hell, Living Well, Freedom from a World Where Everyone Wants Something from You. The conversation was awesome, and I can't wait to put it out there. You're definitely going to have to check it out when it airs. But her book is all about the impact that influence has in our culture and how we all just get swept right up in it, whether we realize it or not. And one of the biggest ways that companies in corporate America tend to do this is by creating a problem for people that only their product or service can fix. I find this so interesting, especially because I was a marketing major in college, and this is what they're taught. So think about the beauty industry, right? Like they tell us out there that it's not okay to have stretch marks or wrinkles or dry skin, and whatever fancy expensive moisturizer they are selling us can solve that problem for us, right? But they're the ones, the company, right, the the corporate America, they are the ones telling us that stretch marks and wrinkles and dry skin are problems in the first place, right? This is classic profiting off of our insecurities and we buy right into it. And we all do this, by the way. Like two weeks before my 40th birthday, you guys, I went to Ulta and spent like $200 on anti-wrinkle creams because according to society, I'm old now and women shouldn't get old or at least we shouldn't look our age. So If you struggle with insecurities or self-loathing or constantly comparing yourself to someone else, know that it's not your fault. We are conditioned to be on this constant pursuit of something else, like something more. We live in a culture where we are taught from a very young age that it's not enough just to be you. So this is exactly the concept that I want to dig into a little bit more today. This connection between money and self-love. I think about the times in my life when I've been particularly like at odds with myself, like I've been struggling with who I was and trying hard to be what the outside world thinks that I should be. And this is when I know at the same time that I've also tended to use retail therapy as my coping mechanism of choice. I spent a lot of money on unnecessary bags and shoes and jackets. I went through a big outerwear phase in my late 20s. Because I thought that wearing that new trendy item would make all the bad feelings go away. But deep down, I was probably feeling unworthy and lonely and like I didn't fit in. And I thought that that new shiny thing would somehow change that. I think so many of us, definitely myself included, have formed spending habits over the years that are rooted in a lack of self-love. We are constantly trying to look better, to feel better, to parent better with the underlying idea 
that we're not good enough as we are today. And we spend a lot of money trying to be better or change ourselves because maybe we're not happy with who we are. And that can be a scary thing if you realize that that's the case, right? Because then we feel shame around it because we are supposed to be happy with ourselves all the time, right? Again, the message that culture tells us. So the changing yourself thing is a really big one for me because how many of us as women we're told at some point in our lives that we need to change something about ourselves. This could be explicitly said to us, literally someone saying we need to change, or implicitly by implying that we need to change. I have definitely been told by both people in my life that matter to me, like family, and people that don't really matter, like old bosses and coworkers, that I need to stop being so sensitive. I need to stop being so dramatic. I need to stop being difficult, which are all messages basically telling me to not be myself, to play small and change who I am because it's too much for the world around me. And I had received those messages and tried hard to change who I was because I wasn't really comfortable enough in my own skin to be me as a sensitive, dramatic, and supposedly difficult person. So I thought that someone else knew more about who I was than I did and that I should listen. And I, as a result, lost all confidence and trust in myself. And the consequences of wanting to change ourselves isn't just a lack of confidence and and lost trust in ourselves. It can also come in the form of spending more money literally to change our appearance or how we are seen from the outside, which is so messed up. I don't think that there's anything wrong, by the way, with trying to improve in certain areas. But the message we give ourselves by saying that we want to be better or we want to change ourselves is deep down one of self-worth. It's telling ourselves that at our core, we are not worthy. We are not good enough at a soul level, which is why we need all these external things in order to fill that void that we have inside. Our culture tells us that self-worth can be bought. And that the more money we have, the more things we will be able to have and the better we'll feel, right? And the more confident that we will become. And rationally, we all know that that's not true. But emotionally, we want it to be true so much because that keeps us from doing the inner work, the hard work to recreate that self-worth that is innate to us, that we were born with. So what does self-worth, self-love look like? And in my mind, it's different for everyone, but I'm going to give you a few thoughts that I have on it. Self-love to me is a very deep and profound respect for yourself, your worth, and your potential. It's where you believe in yourself and your abilities. You don't let fear or insecurity hold you back or make you settle for less in any area of your life. And when you love yourself, you take care of yourself, both your current self and your future self. You don't neglect and you don't sabotage. So, awesome. How do we get there? I think, above all, self-love has to start with running towards our fears. There is no way we can make any change until we face head-on what we have been avoiding. We have to lean into the discomfort and start to understand what it is that's holding us back. I like to use the um, and then what technique. So start by naming what's going on. Like, I'm afraid that if I put myself out there, people will think I'm stupid. 
And then from there say, okay, and then what? Well, if people think I'm stupid, then they won't like me. Okay, and then what? <laughs> and, and if they don't like me, then I'll be alone. So now we're getting to a different issue. It's not really about the fear of putting ourselves out there, but really at its core, it's a fear of being alone, which is totally different and completely normal since we're humans and we're wired for connection. It's really, really interesting when you start to peel back those layers. And actually, that's something that um, Jessica Elefante in that interview talks a lot about, too. One of the strategies to sort of work through the influence that the world has on us. But I put processing our fears first here because I think it's really the foundation for all the other stuff that comes afterwards, like stopping the comparison game and worrying about what other people think of us. This is a huge component to self-love, but I think this can only be accomplished if we work on ourselves first. Otherwise, we're really treating the symptom, not the problem, right? Plus, I think that caring less about what other people think in the comparison game is just going to naturally happen less and less as you start to fill your cup up more and you start to really appreciate who you are as a person. Another part of this is allowing ourselves to make mistakes. This is a pretty huge piece of the self-worth puzzle for me. I have talked a lot about perfectionism in the past, and I've realized that the only way through it is to face the fear of making mistakes head on. Like, let it happen and sit with the discomfort when it does. Almost like immersion therapy, right? I kind of get chills just thinking about this because it is so uncomfortable for me to make mistakes. But it goes back to what I just talked about, right? Running towards the fear and continuing to ask myself why. Going deeper and deeper and figuring out what the mistakes really mean for me and about me. And while we're at it, we need to be kind to ourselves. This is the most significant act of self-love in my opinion. We can do all the work and understand ourselves better, but if we're still going to beat ourselves up for every little thing we say and do, what's the point? We got to practice massive amounts of self-compassion here, you guys. And I have talked about that um, ad nauseum, but I'm going to continue to bring it up because it's so important. Self-love is the foundation for a healthy relationship with money. Self-love impacts our confidence, our ability to believe in ourselves, and the extent to which we let fear take over our lives. When we start to see our own inherent value, we'll begin to take more aligned action We'll begin to ask more for what we want. We'll begin to attract more opportunities. All of these are amazing things. And it's a long game. I think a lot of this comes with age and maturity. As I've grown into a more nurturing relationship with myself over the years, my relationship with money has changed a lot. I've gone from a place of spending money impulsively to fill a void in my life to a place of creating a little more space between the emotion and the default action. Now I stop and at least question what is going on and ask myself, what do I really need right now? Like, is it a quick fix trip to Target or is it to take better care of myself? Whatever that looks like in that moment. But at least I can recognize it and give myself that space. And that's huge. So I encourage you guys to do the same. Let's begin to examine those parallels between our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with money. 
there's so much there. And I am wishing you guys so much love as you go through this experience yourself. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, please share it with me. I love hearing from you guys. You can also join my Facebook group, The Mindful Money Mamas, where, um, again, I have a group of women just like you who are on this journey of self-discovery and really looking to create a healthy relationship with money. Go check it out. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you next time. 